Welcome to Women Leading the Way radio show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Eileen Gaffin, your host for Reputation and Influence. We're a show that explores how women business leaders built their reputation, resilience, and resources to become influential leaders. Our topic today is leading the way in property management. And our leading lady today is Lucinda Lilly. She's a true leader in her field. She's the vice president of FBS Property Management, and she's president of the Southern California Rental Housing Association. Good afternoon, Lucinda. Good afternoon, Eileen. Good to talk to you. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Sure. Um, We haven't talked about property management on this show before, any real estate topics. So I'm really interested to get into this and learn about your career journey and how you ultimately focused on property management. You know, my journey is one that in our industry we, we kind of laugh about. Who really chooses to be in property management? Ha, 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 ha. Um, Many of us just fall into it one way or another, um, at least historically. I was a young bride and um, answered an ad for a file clerk in a real estate office, and it was filing for a property management organization. Worked my way through, and about six and a half, seven years later, I was running that particular small property management company, and the rest, as they say, is history. Wow. So that's interesting advice, too, about, um, you know, you started as an, in an entry-level position to even get into the field. I, I did. I did. And quite frankly, it was a position that allowed me the ability to be close to, um, again, I was a young bride and a young mother at that time, um, and it gave me, my office was located close enough, and it was, um it allowed me the ability to run home if I needed to or to go pick up my child. Property management seems to be a, a rather forgiving industry when it comes to that. But, yeah, I started as a file clerk. Um, and at this point in my career, I've pretty much done every position in a property management company. I've been an on-site manager. I've painted apartments. I've cleaned apartments, um, accounts payable, accounts receivable, you name it. And it's it's really kind of comforting knowing that um, of all the people that I support, I actually have a sense of what they're going through. Yes, and also you started to talk about the different positions there are in property management. For those who aren't familiar with the field, um, you named some of them, but do people have to work for a company to be involved in property management, or do they own a property and they are property managers? Yes and yes. 
Um, let me let me start with what is property management. That might be mm-hmm. helpful because it, you said that you've never had anybody in this particular industry. Property management is basically someone who chooses to make it their business to provide housing for others. They either own and operate houses, condominiums, and apartments, or they help those that own and operate um, houses, apartments, and condominiums. Either way, if you own and operate your own properties, you could be considered a property manager, but you'd also be considered an entrepreneur, an investor, an owner-operator. In, in um, the property management field where I, I have centered my 30-plus year career, I do what's called fee management, which means people come to me and they say, I own this piece of property, I would like it to do... I would like it to grow in value over a long period of time because I want to leave a legacy for my children. And I ask a few questions and we develop a management plan and then we step in and we act on their behalf. So that's what property management is. You could either be an owner operator or you could work for someone. Excellent description. And so I imagine in your 30 years uh, in this field as a leader, There must have been many successes along the way and perhaps maybe even a few failures. Um, Do you want to share some of the greatest lessons that you've learned? Sure. I I will share the greatest lessons I've learned because they have brought me to the leadership positions that I, I enjoy at this particular point in my life. You know, managing property for others is you're taking something that is very dear to them and you are bringing it into your home to take care of, to help it grow, to help it live and breathe, to take care of the people who live in the property, to take care of those residents, those renters, and to take care of the investment that someone has, has made. What I learned early on was that not every property is the same. Not every property owner is the same. Each one has its own distinct personality both properties and property owners. And unless we take the time to ask many questions to really understand what the needs are, both of the property and of the ownership and of the renters, then we really can't do a good job. So I learned very early that it's my job to ask all of the right questions and to bridge between what the owner of the property and what the property where they are right now and where it is that they need to be. And by building those bridges and connecting those thoughts and those ideals, you can build a management plan to be successful on behalf of everybody involved. So as you're building bridges and asking all the right questions, what are some of those questions that you ask? The first question that I ask is, What's your short-term objective? Are you trying to sell the property? Are you trying to um, enhance the property? Do you want to put a lot of money into it? Or do you just want, you just want the cash flow? Those basic questions right now, right there, give me a very significant sense of who I'm talking to. From there, the questions grow. If the answer to the first part is my short-term objective 
is to get it into your hands because what's more important to me is my long-term objective, which is to continue to provide quality housing for people who need it and to provide an opportunity to build something to leave my kids. I know what my decisions will probably be. They will be for the long-term good of the asset. So, again, those, those basic questions then launch into a series of other questions as well. You know, Eileen, I'm a, I'm a firm follower of John Maxwell. And uh, as a member of the John Maxwell team, I'm a coach, speaker, and trainer, and learned many of my leadership lessons at his, at his hand, if you will. And one of his famous quotes is, good leaders ask great questions. I take that to heart. Good leaders don't tell. Good leaders ask. Uh, I love that. And so you've probably witnessed some leaders that weren't so great. Maybe they had some failures along the way because, you know, were they doing all the talking and not doing any of the asking? What, what have you seen on the failure side of this business? Well, I wouldn't just point the finger out. I think, uh, I think I can be categorized within that, within that realm as well, quite frankly. We all have to grow up and grow through, if you will. Um, I spent a lot of my early career doing a lot of telling. Um, I was managing more than leading. Um, but I, I think, quite frankly, women in leadership, the, the whole theory and the availability of great information on how to lead really wasn't available to women um, until I would say probably within the past 20 years maybe. Um, if you think about the, the, the ability for women to even be in management and, and in positions of responsibility, that didn't come until the late 70s. Um, mm-hmm. there, were a lot of, there were a lot of leadership gurus back or management gurus, excuse me, back then. Deal of leadership wasn't until just within the past 20 years or so. So, like I said, I'll tell on myself, I spent a lot of years telling and not listening at all. Um, you know, I know best. Do, do what I say. Um, this is the way it worked for me. Just do it this way. And I would like to think that I've really gotten away from that. And when I encounter managers who are still in that spot, I love to, to take an opportunity to sit and ask them a number of questions to help them realize what their growth potential may be as well. Oh, I bet a lot of people can either hear themselves in that story or they've worked for people like that. Um, and it's, it's not just necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily bad to, to train and teach, but like you said, without having that two-way dialogue and being open to what your team needs um, to go from managing to leading. I think that's really important. I, I think it's very important as well. And, and believe me, I mean, I would say that you and I would agree. Management is still absolutely essential. Managers create systems and make sure that the systems are followed. Um, how they choose to do that is a matter of discipline, is a matter of personality, and um, hopefully is done kindly and understanding the audience with whom they're speaking. Good leadership is putting the right managers in the place and knowing where we need to go. Transformational leadership is understanding that in order to be sustainable, certainly we have to create profits, but in order to be sustainable, 
We have to take care of our people because our people are who take care of our business, our residents, our, our, our property owners, everybody. So that's, that's my opinion of, of the focus of, of leadership at this time. You talked about um, learning from John Maxwell and becoming a leadership coach and, mm-hmm. and a counselor. And what have you learned from that as far as, like, maybe the most important values for a leader? I'll have to go back to asking great questions. As, mm-hmm. as a leadership coach, as a personal development coach, the most important thing that I can do is to listen, not to respond, but sincerely to listen, to hear, and to care about what the person I care about cares about. And then ask good questions to help, help the individual discover maybe what's deeper inside. I love it when I see the light bulbs go off. Mm-hmm. Is there something that the people that you work with, is there something that they can do every day or new habits that they can form um, to become better leaders? You talked about listening. I think, yeah, I think um, there are a number of, of laws that, that are inherent with this, if you will. Um, we have to be intentional about listening. We have to be intentional about helping those around us grow and, and becoming all that they can be. Um, we have to have discipline in our ability to do that. Um, I think I think intentionality is one of the most important ones. You also have to we have to be aware of who we are and aware of how we present and how we come across to the people that are in our audience, if you will. And an audience can be an individual or it can be a large audience, either way. Well, you come across as a leader and you were just I want to um brag about you a little bit here. You just won a major award. You went to the, oh, I'm hearing some echo. Oh, I'm hearing some echo. Okay. Let me try um, something. You, you attended, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? Okay, great. Yes, I can hear you fine. Um, thank you for fixing that. You recently attended the Institute of Real Estate Management Conference, and you were awarded is everyone in the audience ready? You were awarded the 2021 Certified Property Manager of the Year. Congratulations. Tell us about that honor. Thank you. It, it's a significant honor. The Institute of Real Estate Management is an international institute of um, uh, professional learning. And I have been involved with the institute for about 20 years. I'm an instructor with them and uh, and volunteer with the organization significantly. I was nominated by someone in my local chapter and um, was was amazed to be honored with this amazing um, this amazing award. It just it really took my breath away, Eileen. It really did. Oh well, congratulations. That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. So when we think about recognition and reward, as an executive, talk to us about how important it is to recognize and reward your individuals on your team. Recognition can be 
so many different things. And again, when we care about what the people we care about care about, and by the way, I have to give credit for that uh, that little quip to a speaker I heard at the IRAM Global Summit, John Acuff. Um, I'm going to say it again. It's important that we care about what the people we care about care about. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes I believe that managers and leaders try to solve problems that may not exist. And when we take the time to hear what our team members need, what they want, what makes them thrive, what makes that light bulb go off in their heads, that's when we can truly honor, reward, and recognize them. To some, it's money. Bottom line, it's money. That's not the majority, though, through the studies that I've read. The majority want transparency. They want to be involved. They want to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. I'll include myself in that. And if I can make a segue, that's why I volunteer and am the president of the uh, Southern California Rental Housing Association. I was going to ask you about that, to talk about um, the importance of being active in your local community and how that ties into what you're just talking about. It ties in significantly when it comes to making a difference and building bridges like I referred to earlier. Um, I'm fortunate enough that the association of which I'm president right now believes in the same vision that I do. As a matter of fact, the Southern California Rental Housing Association is is, um, rebuilding our vision because we're so much more inclusive and not as exclusive as we formerly were. We believe that there are solutions to everything with good communication and great connection. And that's what we're all about. That's what I'm all about. Yeah, I would say um, that you mentioned that you were aligned with the Housing Association's vision. And I think before people just jump in to get involved with in their community, obviously people have a passion, but they probably should check on that to make sure that, um, you know, when you want to be involved in something that's purposeful and meaningful, that it aligns with your, with your ideals and your vision as well. I would agree, and I think that it, it goes further than, than just an organization that you might choose. I think it, it has to do with choosing your employer or choosing maybe if you're an entrepreneur choosing the business that you decide to to make your own. Um, I, listen, I listen to Simon Sinek a lot. And I, I, the other day he was, he and Mel Robbins, quite frankly, they were discussing, um, you know, everybody says, find your passion. If you work in what you're passionate about, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. And both of them agreed. Both of them agreed, and I would have to agree too. You can't go out and find your passion. You don't. It's something that comes from within. It's something that um, you discover as you experience life. It's something that comes to you and you know it when you know it. I told you before, I made a lot of mistakes in my early career, and I told a lot of people a lot of things because I thought I knew it all. It wasn't until I discovered how to ask great questions that I understood that It was my job to build the bridges and to make the connections, not to tell people what I thought they needed to hear. 
mentioned um, transparency in leadership. Um, I know that more and more is said about, you know, bringing your authentic self to work. How transparent should a leader be in terms of the business and in terms of their own life? Is an extraordinary question. You must be a really good leader, Eileen. Um, that is a matter of opinion, and I, I, I would not say that I will hold the true answer. I can tell you what's true to me. I believe that transparency in business includes making sure that everyone is on the same playing field, understanding where we're going, what our challenges are, and we're all working together to help resolve them. People are coming to the table and they are a valued part of the conversation. Um, finances of an organization, that may only come down to C-suite level and, and above, um, but transparency as to the security, the, the viability, the sustainability, if you will, of an organization. I think that that's key, and I think that that's valuable to share with people under your roof. As far as a leader's just being transparent about their personal lives, that's got to be a personal decision. Um, there are some things that uh, I'm transparent about, especially if I know that my story may spark the ability to grow in someone else. Um, just had it happen recently. I won't get into what the story was, but it really did help several other people in the room, and I had hoped to do so. So that's what I would say about transparency on the personal level. People have really seen a different side of their leaders and their teams and their teammates during the past two years living with the pandemic. We think of all these Zoom meetings and people get to see other people's homes um, or their, you know, office space. Um, and so that's letting in a little bit of um, authenticity, maybe too much so in some cases, but um, the, the leaders who have come out the best out of this, I think, are the ones that have been open and, and that, like you said, they can relate to what other people are going to. They're empathetic. Yeah, I think empathy is a good thing. And I think the ability to laugh at oneself is also a very key component oh, of leadership. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. I think the ability to say, you know what, I really messed up on that one. Can you help me? I think mm -hmm. that's a key component of leadership. I don't think that that's a sign of weakness. Um, there was a day when saying I'm sorry was seen as a sign of weakness. I see it as one of the strongest things that a leader can do. Wow. I'll tell you where I was coming from with my question while I got into transparency is I've worked in corporate communications uh, internally and um, public relations externally for major corporations. and when I would write for executives inside the company, it wasn't all about authenticity in those days and transparency, um, certainly to some extent about the business, but it was very much a top-down communication approach, and you mentioned that a little bit about finances. And then when it came to um, any personal stories, that just wasn't where we would go with our executives, you know, speech writing or communications. And so really the executives and the leadership had a facade um, that we wanted to maintain. 
just like you would for a corporate brand back in the day. And today, the most successful leaders and companies are, as you said, more transparent. Um, they're letting people in. And, and if consumers um, and other businesses find that they're aligned with the vision and the purpose and the culture, they want to do business with you. Or as you said, they want to stay employed, you know, employed by you. So that's where I was coming from when I asked that question. And, and I will agree with you. I, I will mirror your experience. Um, in, in the early days of my, uh, of being in business, it was the eighties and nineties. And, you know, we're, we're, following in the footsteps in management of people like Jack Welch, who it was all about the bottom line. And um, you're more worried about your investors and being able to do dividends than you worry about anything else. And, and, and there was a very rigid type of management, if you will. I, I wouldn't even call it leadership, Eileen. Um, mm -hmm. what, what, what I hope that we're seeing is a significant shift to exactly what you're saying and what we're discussing in that transparency. Um, when I, I began um, understanding the theory of leadership, um, I developed my I Have a Dream speech, and I included that in, in my comments with the Global Summit and with the CPM of the year. I really do have a dream that in our property management industry, we have the ability to shift to a more human-centric operation rather than simply a bottom-line operation. Um, Property management is, is still very rife with um, men at the top and women in the middle. And I will tell you, we've, we've got some extraordinarily strong women to look up to. Uh, we've got uh, two ladies who have been chair, chair people of the National Apartment Association, Alex Jackhew and Cindy Clare. And they have led the way for us. But... Alex was the first one, and that was probably less than 10 years ago. So we have a lot of work to do, and I know we're up for the job because women know how to lead, and we know how to lead from the heart. Wow. And if there aren't if, – if a woman listening today is not already involved in the property management field, do you have any recommendations of how to get involved and what the first steps might be? I am always willing to coach someone into how to step into this amazing industry that provides opportunity, even though you don't have to have a college degree. Um, I am happy to provide any information that I can, but the first step I would take if you want to reach me is contact the Southern California Rental Housing Association and tell them that you heard Lucinda say she'd be happy to help people. That's wonderful um, because we do have a link uh, where people are listening to the live stream. We do have a link to your company, FBS Property Management, but I'm sure they can you find can. Southern California Rental Housing Association as well. Do you have the, email, the um, mean, website? They, they can send me a message to FBS Property Management as well. I promise it will get to me. Great. Well, that's a, a very warm and welcoming invitation, so I encourage people interested in the field to contact Lucinda. And Lucinda, thank you so much for being our guest today. Eileen, thank you again for inviting me. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. I loved everything we learned from you, and I think our listeners will 
two um, about management, leadership, and property management. And that is our show for today. So thank you, Lucinda Lilly, for being our leading lady. Thank you, Eileen. Thank you. And a special thanks to all of our listeners, both here in the United States and around the world, as we are an international show. We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio Show, Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. It's been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. And remember, your reputation is our business. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.